from Brooklyn, New York. I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a VinePair Next Round Conversation. We're bringing you these conversations within our regular podcast episodes on Monday in order to give you a clear picture of what's going on in the world of wine, beer, and spirits. Today, I'm talking with Ed Bello, Global Brand Director of Bullet Bourbon, and Eric Sprague, VP of Forest Restoration at American Forests. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. You bet. So, uh, you know, before we jump into, you know, our larger conversation, I'd love to understand why today we're, we're on a podcast where I'm interviewing both you, Ed, the Global Brand Director of Bullet, but also Eric, the VP for Forest Restoration. So what is the connection between Bullet Bourbon and American Forests? Well, as you may have heard, Bullet just launched the uh, Bullet Frontier Fund, which is really our, our foundational commitment to the sustainability of the bar hospitality industry, but also very important, the communities and the environment surrounding those. And one of the things that we, one of the things that we identified is how can we really help the, the, the restoration of forests and the protection, the protection and restoration of forests. And with that, that brought us to American Forests and our partnership with, with Eric and his wonderful organization to plant a million trees over the next five years. And I'll add too, I think we're all familiar with this uh, false narrative of it's either the economy or it's the environment. This is a great story of how we're protecting the environment, enhancing important values that forests provide, and creating jobs and great bourbon. It's a great story. So, so let's talk about American Forest. So, obviously, you know, I know that there is a connection in terms of you know trees with oxygen, climate change, etc. Can you tell me a little bit about American Forest as an organization, sort of what you guys do um, and what your mission is? Sure. American Forests were the longest standing uh, national forest conservation group in the United States, founded in 1875. Uh, over that time frame, we've been a, a servant leader, you know, leading discussions at tough times in the country's history where we lost forests from lots of reasons. And today is uh, just as urgent as ever with climate change having drastic impacts on uh, the state and health of our forests. Uh, American Forests is working across this country in some key areas like uh, with white oak here in the central hardwoods in eastern United States to help restore those forests uh, and, and to, to overcome those threats. So obviously, you know, we have we have the threats of climate change and, and wildfires and things like that. But then also, you know, we we have people who harvest wood, in, you know, to make all the different products that we use daily furniture, uh, houseware, mm-hmm. paper, etc. But then obviously also bourbon. Um, so how how is the connection here in terms of you know, Bullet's connection to obviously, you know, replanting forests as well as being a, a large consumer probably of of oak in the first place. So how, how does that connection play out? And obviously, when did you decide that that was something that you need to get involved in it? Yeah, I think I'm going to answer it in a couple different ways. One, one of which is really this commitment to the environment and to a more sustainable future protection of trees and sustainable future of, of uh, forestry comes out of our long legacy of believing in sustainability, right? If we go way back to when we launched the, or when we opened up the Bullet Distilling Company, even started the plans for the Bullet Distilling Company, we put sustainability at the heart of it. Uh, we focused on, as we developed that site, we focused on reducing our carbon emissions, uh, water conservation, waste management. It's a zero waste uh, facility, a zero waste to landfill facility. So that was really what it was already at the beginning uh, Sustainability was already at the heart of the brand from the get-go. Then we opened our visitor center with a lot of the same, with a lot of the same uh, sustainability thinking inbuilt. Right, we partnered with the University of Kentucky to have to basically create a uh, a greenhouse there, a large greenhouse there that 
all of our garnishes for all of our cocktails come from that greenhouse in partnership with the University of Kentucky. Uh, the facility has uh, a uh, our buses to take folks to and from the distillery are all uh, green energy. Um, they're all green energy. Sor- <clears throat> the source of it is all green energy. So we really created that thinking. And then we just launched recently, you may have heard about the uh, announcement of our new distillery, our Lebanon distillery in Lebanon, Kentucky, which will open next summer. And that distillery is going to be the, long- the largest American whiskey distillery that will be completely carbon neutral. Really exciting for us, really exciting development. So again, building sustainability at the get-go. And then as we look to the sustainability for the industry for the future, one of the key things that's, as you say, is critical to our industry and to the consumer's enjoyment of whiskey is white oak um, and and therefore the barrels and the trees that the white oak um, allows us to have. And so again, that's where then this natural, um, this natural uh, conversation with American Forest came up, which is you know, we want to really help the environment. We want to create a sustainable industry and we want to allow consumers to continue to to uh, enjoy their wonderful bullet bourbon for many, many years to come. But again, whilst fighting climate change, while protecting the forest and enabling a, a, a better future for our consumers and everyone else to enjoy. So, I mean, obviously, you know, in the last decade or so, if not longer, there's been a massive bourbon boom in this country. Uh, there's been a lot more people looking for bourbon, making bourbon, et cetera. And there's, there's been a few brands now who've talked a lot about uh, the threat of, of white oak in the US that, you know, we're, we, we could be consuming more than we have right now. How much, do you have an idea either Eric or Ed, how much white oak at this point we are using as a bourbon industry? Um, and do you know of what sort of obviously this is this is a great initiative, but what other initiatives are also being done in order to try to to drive more awareness to the fact that we need to be replanting the forest, not just harvesting them? I, I can't speak to the total industry, but I do know I can speak to what Bullet knows and what Bullet is doing. Uh, it's generally it's about two barrels per tree. Okay. And the beauty of of what we're doing with with Eric is we're gonna ensure that for any every tree that we cut down, we're at least planting one tree. And then okay. do it, and then doing more, so it'll allow us to be completely neutral. And quite frankly, we expect to be positive to the environment when you take into the, you take into account some of the other um, added benefits of what we're doing from planting these trees over the next five years. Yeah, it's a great. And I'll just add on to that is that across the region, across the entire eastern United States, where the white oak is um, that you know bourbon and winemakers rely on, grows. We're growing more white oak out in the woods than is being used. Okay. So there is this, what you would call a net net positive growth to removals uh, throughout the region. So it's not a question of, are we using too much white oak? It's a more of a question looking forward. You know, you walk in the forest, um, pick a forest in the United States, you're going to see a lot of big white oak, um, depending on where you are. Um, but if you look down at the forest floor, you're going to find a near absence of white oak. Um, and that's the real challenge we're facing is that we've got some large mature oaks out there by volume. It's still the most abundant tree in the East United States, um, but a complete, almost a complete lack of regeneration in, in many important areas. And that's for a lot of reasons. You know, there are things like um, land use patterns. You know, we're, we're losing forest okay. at, a, at a high rate. Um, there are too many deer in certain places. Um, the pest and pathogens like the gypsy moth are causing some challenges for white oak. But the real challenge is, is regeneration. Um, white oak, the abundance of white oak we have now, it's making it so valuable to, to wood products and to bourbon, is that um, forests were disturbed in the past. Um, natural, low-intensity wildfires were, were common. 
uh, indigenous peoples set fire throughout the eastern United States. And that created a stage for White Oak to take advantage of that disturbance. Um, you know, and for many good reasons, we've decided that, you know, wildfires are something in the eastern United States that just aren't compatible with um, the way we, we grow and live. And so we've stopped that disturbance. And because of that, we're seeing tree species like red maple and sugar maple begin to take, take pre- preeminence and dominance over certain forest stands. When they do that, they're creating this shade um, that just shades out oak seed. Interesting. And so how are they able to, to, to create that dominance? Sorry. So is it just because they, um, you know, they proliferate more quickly or more easily, or because, as you said, because of those smaller wildfires, there's a more fertile soil that allows the oak to, to grow? Yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of oaks have, or a lot of trees have their own sort of strategy for surviving and, and gaining dominance. You know, white oak, what it does, it'll sit in that understory for a long time. And then when a fire comes through or a wind storm comes through and knocks down, it quickly takes advantage of that light. Oh, okay. Not too much, not too little. But when you've got uh, a long period of time with no disturbance, you have these trees sort of slowly take over and oaks will just die out because they're not getting that light that they need. Um, and so reintroducing disturbance through management um, or through prescribed fire or through tree planting um, can help restore that. And why we're so excited to be working with Bullet on this initiative. Interesting. And so then when when we are harvesting white oak now for bourbon, um, and Eric, this may be a question more for you than Ed, although Ed, you may know the answer as well. Are, are we pulling these these woods mostly from private lands? Um, so, you know, families who have a forest and they see this as an investment opportunity and you know, they're managing the forest themselves and that's where the oaks are coming from. Are, are we pulling any from public lands? How does that work if we do? Um, I'm, I'm really curious where the oak specifically is coming from and then where you guys are replanting it. The vast um, majority of, of oak being used for, for barrels and for really for all wood products does come from private lands. Um, the private landowners are the largest landowner um, by number across the Eastern United States. Public lands like our national forests uh, and state lands and parks are also strongholds um, for white oak and a key focus of us to make sure that we're regenerating oak to sustain it in the long term. But that private landowner is a key challenge that, that we struggle with. Um, you know, one of the threats we didn't talk about is, is poor harvesting practices. You know, where a landowner um, might be approached by a logger who, who wants to come in and take the biggest and best trees. And then what's left are uh, other white oaks that just aren't as well um, suited by genetically to take advantage of that opportunity. And so it creates this sort of this pattern of us taking out uh, the best white oaks and leaving the, the ones that are less adaptable, less suitable for wood products and wildlife in the future to take over. And so it's about educating landowners about management practices, uh, how to deal with those situations, and then working with them and the public land managers to restore white oak and implement practices that encourage white oak uh, over the long term. So for our partnership with Bullet, you know, we're we're just getting started. We got a five-year partnership. Um, we're thinking about a, a range of practices that um, are range from planting trees and, and pastures that um, are not regenerating naturally to working with forest land managers to, to restore them in new and innovative ways uh, to bring back white oak. Interesting. So, Ed, I mean, obviously, you you said that the brand has has been connected to sustainability for a very long time. But where did this idea specifically come from? How were you made aware of? of the issue in the beginning and how did you initially identify American forests? So the I think about bullet and I think about the ethos of bullet is and Eric, what you were saying was just reminded me of why we did this, right? And why we came to you all uh, we're frontier whiskey and, and at the heart of bullet is supporting and, and championing and collaborating with folks who are pushing the frontier, pushing the, the frontier forward. 
And part of part of what exactly that means to me is what you heard Eric talk about, which is, you know, how they're looking at really the cutting edge practices of of uh, forest protection and of reforesting, uh, you know, reforestation and whatnot. And so they were the perfect partner for us because if you look at folks who are doing the cutting edge, if you will, leading the cutting edge of uh, these practices, it's Eric and his organization. And so that's why we went, that's why we went there, frankly, first and foremost. And there's, there's several folks out there doing some of doing this type of stuff, but really these guys are um, American forest is really the team that's doing it. uh, I would say in the most cutting edge way and sustainable way. And then, you know, for bullet and how did the idea come from? You know, one of the one of the things that I'm proud of uh, is I'm part of a team, and I'm part of a team that passionately believes in this. Um, the team that works on Bullet is is lives sustainability themselves, and one of the it came out of basically some meetings that we were in uh, with our some of our supply folks, some of the folks on my team, and and we were talking about what where do we go next. Right, we're working on what we're are distilling. We're working on the parts we control. We're also working with our suppliers on the front end to source grains that are within twenty five yard, twenty five not yards. That would be a little uh, a little much, but twenty five miles of our distillery is where all of our corn f- comes from. Right, so we're working on everything we control. And then we said, what are some parts? Where, where's the gap? Where's the next gap? And and the gap was in in the barrels because. You know that comes later down in the in the in the distillation and maturation part of the uh, of the process to make whiskey, and so we said, well, let's go work on that now because we had been working on the distilling side of it, and really the next phase was the the barrels, uh, which is obviously again where we mature the uh, the distillate to that makes uh, where the whiskey comes from. That makes a lot of sense. So. What else is a part of this campaign in order to drive awareness? Obviously, um, you know, we, we're, we're chatting because I find it interesting. Um, but what else are you doing as a brand to sort of make, first of all, consumers aware of the fact that, you know, we have this problem with white oak and that they're not regenerating in the way that they could be and should be on the eastern United States and that there's a, there's a, you know, now initiative to replant those white oak? And then how can consumers also get involved to help with this mission and the mission of American Forest, besides just obviously buying bottles of bullet? Well, for us, it's really about education, right? A, making the commitment and doing it, but it's also about education because the more we can make consumers, bartenders who are very passionate about the environment, uh, make them aware of it, the more they can be involved, right? As you say. And so what we're doing is, is heavy social media, right? We've been, we've already announced it in, in some of our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. And then we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep talking about it throughout the, throughout the year. Um, and then we're also really spending a lot of time educating our own commercial and our own um, ambassador and trade organizations and bartenders on this particular topic because Bullet's passionate about this. Bullet's passionate about the environment and and fighting climate change and leaving a and leaving a better environment for the future. So we're going to educate through the trade, through the bartending community, and like I said, through our ambassadors out in the uh, in the field as well, so that more and more folks are aware of it and then can get also involved. Uh, to help help in this mission, and there's a couple different ways to do it. One, folks can go straight to American Forest and and support them and what they're doing. They can also come to the Bullet website and look at our Bullet Frontier Fund and find the ways to get involved there at the on, on the Bullet website through the Frontier Fund as well. Interesting. Well, I was just going to add that's so important. You know this this work um, that we're doing with Bullet is um, going to be impactful, and we can talk about what some of those outcomes we expect to be 
but the scale is so is, scale is huge. We're talking about you know the entire eastern United States is you know where we, where you can find white oak, and, and these challenges we're finding are throughout that area. So the extent that this initiative can be um, can drive actions across for other distilleries, universities, conservation groups. That's a key outcome of what we're doing. We're a partner of the White Oak Initiative that's looking to think through, you know, how can they learn from this initiative and other initiatives um, to meet the challenge across uh, the Eastern United States. So what are the benefits that we could expect to see from, from your work with Bullet? Well, if I'll geek out a little bit about the White Oak itself. It's such an awesome tree. It's my favorite tree, of course. Um, but so... White oak is probably the, the, the most ecologically important tree species uh, in the eastern United States. Um, you can think about from a, a, a wildlife food source perspective. Uh, one white oak tree can produce up to 7,000 acorns in a year. You know, huge, hugely important for black bears, blue jays, and wild turkeys. Um, and also as it matures, it gets this great flaky bark um, that are really important roosting sites for, for bats. It's also important for insects. Um, there was a study done in the Mid-Atlantic that showed white oak um, is the most important species um, for butterflies and moss. Um, it can store up to 500, it can create habitat for over 500 species of butterflies and moss, more than any other woody plant in the eastern United States. It's also a big tree. It can, you know, can, it can get up to 100 feet tall, can be four feet uh, thick, um, and live for hundreds of years. And when you think about that, you know, half of the tree's biomass, that is that, um, the, the, the mass of the, the material of a tree is carbon. That's a lot of carbon being stored too through white oak forests and by the white oak tree. And so it's a value to sequester carbon is huge. So the next five years, we're working to, to plant 1 million trees with, with bullet. Um, the outcomes we're expecting to get include over 650,000 metric tons of carbon stored, uh, a massive amount. Uh, we're also um, working to build these plantings in a way that they can provide critical air quality benefits Oaks have massive uh, canopies that can block out pollutants um, and keep them from entering people's lungs. So we expect over that lifetime, 74,000 pounds of air pollutants to re- be removed per year. That's equivalent to removing 1,000 cars from the road. So a huge benefit. Then also, white oak had these massive root systems. The root systems themselves can be twice as wide as the, the crowns of the, the tree canopy can be. And they also have deep, deep roots, too, to hold them in place and hold soil in place. So through those benefits, um, white oaks can filter and create um, slowly release water to streams um, over time, a critical watershed provision. Our tree plantings over the next five years are expected to create 75 million gallons of, of runoff conserved each year. Um, so it's just some great benefits for carbon, habitat, air quality, and water, uh, and why we're so excited to be working with Bullet. That's very, very cool. So Ed, one last question for you. So in terms of obviously the positioning of, of this, uh, you know, you definitely built a brand in which, you know, people care about sustainability, your customers care about sustainability. Um, but, you know, wh- how do you think this will also benefit the brand? Obviously, like, does it just does this just reinforce your sustainability message? Do you think that this could also help you guys be sort of the the champion of helping to regenerate f- forests? And, and your hope is that other bourbon brands sign on sort of what's what's the end goal of this besides obviously what, what you're doing uh, in the short term with American forests? Ultimately, if if I I think that's a really good question, and and I think if I probably think of one thing that sits at the heart of it, it's we we want to raise the standard for for um, making whiskey, making American whiskey, right? And we want to be the benchmark brand in that way. I think if I, if I think of the history of of Bullet, it's always it, it's always been that challenger brand that has shaken the norm up, right? When 
when Tom founded the brand in 87, he did it, he did it in a way no one else was doing. He created a high wire. It was a high rye recipe. He, he basically upended the industry, went to bartenders and really, and, and really worked with bartenders to build this brand from day one, very differently than some of the historical traditional American whiskey brands. And, and we want to now bring that to the world of sustainability and, and how brands, how American whiskey brands and, and companies make the product and raise the standard for how it's made and what the impact is on the environment. And like, as I mentioned, if, if, uh, if we could, you know, if we could every day do something to educate more consumers about it, make the product more sustainable day after day after day, I think we'll make a difference. Well, awesome. Well, Ed and Eric, I want to thank you both so much for, for taking the time to join me to chat about this really cool initiative uh, between Bullet and American Forests. And guys, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, thanks, Adam. It was fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Vine Pair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vine Pair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.